Hello, peacekeepers, and welcome back to another episode. So today we are finally going to nip R. Kelly in the ass. We are just going to get done with part three. We're going to be done with him. And hopefully we won't ever have to talk about him again because he's garbage. And hopefully the only time that I have to talk to talk about him is when he is found guilty of all his charges and we can all celebrate because he'll rot in prison. You know, typical Friday, Saturday, whatever day it is that he is convicted. But yeah, I'm glad you guys could join me today. And I hope that you guys are all doing fantastic and wonderful and that you had a good day. And if you haven't or hadn't, then, well, I hope it gets better because it's got to get better, right? <laughs> At least I hope so. So let's try to get through this without pausing for speed racers in the background. So if you hear somebody be in need for speed outside or Grand Theft Auto, then we're just going to trudge on along through this nonsense. <laughs> All right, guys. So before we begin, our usual message from our sponsor, Eva's Bell Bonds, where their licensed professionals are available 24-7, seven days a week. They work hard to make your experience as fast and convenient as possible. Their goal is to help reunite families across the state of Idaho safely and effectively. Ooh, payments are available. Se habla español. Give them a call and let them help you at 208-312-3660. Again, that is 208-312-3660. Also, thank you to them for their support for this baby show. All right, we're diving into Surviving R. Kelly Part 2. And honestly, after I watched the first one, I didn't really think that there could be more information after, because they spilled a lot of shocking bombs on me in that first little part. But when I saw that they had part two, I think it was called, it's called The Reckoning, I think. Oh my gosh, sorry. Don't quote me on that. But they threw more bombs at me and I was shook because they really go into depth. They bring more people, more survivors, and we kind of see the people who kind of agree with R. Kelly as well. So we see the people who are backing him up even more in this and we are kind of introduced to his very first accuser. So at the beginning, ending, and during like the commercial breaks, we are given these title cards that always kind of say the same thing so that we are reminded of what's happening with R. Kelly as we are going through the story. So those title cards read, R. Kelly has denied all claims relating to sexual assault, domestic violence slash abuse, and sexual misconduct with minors. Kelly's lawyers claim that Kelly has witnessed witness statements and evidence showing his innocence, but cannot release them due to due to the active court cases against him. His lawyer also that doesn't make sense. His lawyer also alleged that R. Kelly is the subject of a smear campaign and that the accusers have not acted like victims at all because they have used their accusations to promote. Oh my goodness, I don't even know how to say that. 
contemporaneous books, albums, and speaking tours. Oh my god, how embarrassing that I don't even know how to say that word, but it's giant. But can we just, like, establish that R. Kelly's lawyer is kind of a jackass, like... Oh, there I go saying, like, and somebody punch me every time I say, like, (laughs) but his lawyer is so brutal and ugly with these victims, and it's disgusting. Like, the fact that I understand that you are trying to um, support and back your defendant, but you shouldn't go as far as smearing these victims. Like, ugh. Like, don't be trash. You know that episode of Family Guy where they make that joke and it's like Jesus is trying to find a lawyer, but he can't because they're all in hell? <laughs> I think about that more often than I should. But in the very first episode, R. Kelly's brothers go into more detail about his abuse as a child. They claim that it was somebody who was really well known in the neighborhood and he was kind of like that neighborhood uncle you know the one that's always just real chill with the kids and stuff in like you would hope not a weird way but in this case unfortunately it was in a weird way so they called him Mr. Henry and then aside from Mr. Henry's abuse R. Kelly also had to deal with an older female who abused him as well As discussed in the first two parts, R. Kelly was around the age of seven when the abuse started, and it didn't end till he was about either 13 or 14. His brother claimed that Mr. Henry had offered his mother a bribe of $5,000 to keep quiet. So I, I have no words for that. I cannot imagine a mother who would let that happen to their to their child and I don't know I mean I'm not a mom but if I ever was god forbid if I ever was I would do anything for my kid like I would literally kill somebody for my kid so the fact that she took this bribe would kind of make me feel like if I was in R. Kelly's shoes or whatever would make me feel that my mom cared more about money than about what was going on with me you know so I can understand and I can empathize with him the 7 to 14 year old him but that doesn't give you an excuse to be a piece of shit and I know it's tragic and I know it sucks and I'm sorry and I empathize with him but to go and do that to other young women was just not the answer. We then learned that on the opening night of Surviving R. Kelly, when they had invited all the survivors and the survivor's family to, I believe it was a theater in New York, don't quote me on that, but um, someone had called in a gun threat and all of the survivors and the families had to be evacuated. And there was a comment said in this episode that kind of stuck with me throughout the entire documentary because of the power behind the words that was stated 
at this perfect time. Like I love when documentaries can make me feel like, Ooh, like they'll give me chills. They'll make me really understand and put me in this mindset. And this sentence really did it for me. So it's this little baby sentence quote, that's when I knew something powerful was in this documentary And someone is trying to make sure it's not ever seen. And you know, she had, has a point. Like, if he wasn't afraid of anything that these people had to say, if he wasn't guilty, if he didn't feel like these women could bring him down, why go through all that trouble of calling in a gun threat? Like, hmm... Something's fishy here, girl. I was really triggered when I heard the backlash that was coming back at these survivors. They got so much shit for speaking out. And they even got death threats. Some were forced to move out of their homes. And it's really aggravating. And it's just... I cannot stand that shit, you guys. Like, when somebody comes out, you have to be willing to listen to them, especially if you're in the system. I feel like the system is not, I don't want to say corrupt because not everybody's fucked up, but um, like, really, when somebody comes out with their story and they're brave enough to come out and they are neglected by the people who are supposed to be helping them, how do you think that makes them feel when they're not believed, when they're pushed off to the side, when their abuser is put on a pedestal while they are told to sit down and shut up and not say anything and just basically suck it up? What kind of bullshit is that, honestly? It just drives me crazy that sexual assault is one of the most... unreported crimes because victims are just scared that you know they're just going to get away with it and nobody's going to believe them and that is garbage so we as a country as people as humans need to pay more attention and start teaching your kids that just fucking teach your kids consent man and just don't be garbage and (sighs) There's not enough words in this little brain of mine to really conjure up the powerful statement that needs to be said about this, but just listen to people when they are crying for help. We meet R. Kelly's ex-manager slash personal assistant lady who's like all about supporting R. Kelly with her sister. They got the hashtag unmute r kelly going and this started a movement just like the mute r kelly thing they both claimed that he would never do such a thing and that these women are just looking for fame and i don't know how somebody can continue to support this man after all the fucking evidence that was found there is footage of him and a literal 13 14 year old girl and you're telling me that you'd never seen it, that you'd never saw something fishy, that, you know, like, 
it makes me so mad like how are you still supporting this man when there is so much fucking evidence on the damn table i don't know he's a monster it's ridiculous and the fact that people are willingly coming on camera and saying that they support him like this even after all the evidence is just oh my god i can't even i don't even have the words for it i have the words but they're a little rated r censored and i don't want to be that kind of person so (laughs) moving on we are introduced to the very first woman to ever speak out against r kelly her name is tiffany hawkins and she met r kelly at age 15 At first, she said it was never sexual until a few months later when he had had sex with her. Hawkins was a background singer for Aaliyah, and she said that she had to sleep with him. Like, she felt like she had to, even though she hated it. She got pregnant and asked R. Kelly to take a paternity test. And when he said no, Tiffany got a lawyer and filed a lawsuit against him. She was then offered $200,000 to sign an NDA. And I was shocked to learn that people, multiple people, I should say, have stated that Sparkle's family, remember Sparkle from the first two episodes, how she said her niece was the one on the videotape, the sex tape that got leaked or whatever. I don't even want to call it a sex tape because that's just, ugh. Anyway. So, they, there's multiple people that have stated that Sparkle's family received $2 million for not testifying. And honestly, I said it before and I'm going to say it again. No amount of money could ever stop me from fucking digging that man's grave. Ooh, oh no, no, we are not going there in this podcast, but no amount of money is would ever be worth my child's Ooh, i'm heated i am so heated this is two million dollars really for your child no you're garbage bye we are introduced to r kelly's hair braider and i felt so much empathy for this poor lady because she was 24 when she met him and she talks about how he would only give her $20 to braid his hair, like as if he was doing her a favor by letting her braid her hair, braid his hair, which uh, I, I don't know how many times I can call this man garbage, but or how many times I could sigh or how many times I can make an abrupt noise <laughs> to to um, what would I say? To replace, I guess, to replace the words that I want to say. But $20, and I think she had three kids. So I can't even imagine this poor lady just, you know, they had a brother or sister type relationship. She claims like they were, there was nothing sexual about it. They were just. She said, she, it's, a, it's a quote, she said, we were like siblings. He told me he was like my brother and he was going to protect me like my brother. 
And then one day, she said he just randomly forced her to perform oral sex, and he spit and ejaculated on her face. She then reported him, and then after eight hours of questioning, it was decided by the DA not to pursue criminal charges. Her case was settled, and she signed an NDA. After watching Surviving R. Kelly, she decided to speak out because she said no amount of money could heal the pain that she felt. Geronda Pace comes back for this segment. And remember, she was the one who was told she told R. Kelly she was 18 when she was actually 14. She showed him her ID. And then after he saw it, he told her to just act 21. She has been talking to the police since 2017. And the reason that she broke her NDA was that, so that she could try to save Ezreal Clary and Joycelyn Savage, who are still with R. Kelly. So she decided to speak out and break her NDA so that she could try and wake these girls up and get them away from R. Kelly. I was really surprised because in this series, we actually get an interview with Dominique Carter. And for those of you who don't remember who she is, she's the one who her mom, Michelle, went into the hotel and then basically ran out with her when R. Kelly wasn't in the hotel that same, that same day. When she was interviewed a year after she had escaped, she stated that she felt guilty for leaving the rest of the girls behind. We learned from a former employee that because Dominique was so out, outspoken, R. Kelly would often beat her with different objects and even pulled out chunks of her hair. And she is so distraught when she is talking about how one day he just grabbed her by the hair and like chunks started falling out and it's so sad because she like has to walk out and ugh, the director's like sitting with her on the outside I think on the steps and he's like telling her like you're doing great and you know it's so sad to see how fucked up R. Kelly has left these women and they have to deal with this fear and this pain every day while this motherfucker is out here and people still don't want him to be in jail. And it's just the most garbage thing. But on the more positive side, and I thought it was the cutest thing because her badass mom, Michelle decided to shave her hair off as well so her daughter wouldn't feel alone and that is just the most purest thing because uh Dominique had had her hair shaved because R. Kelly made her and so when she came back home her mom decided to shave off all her hair so that they could just go through it together and then after her interview, we learn that Dominique is expecting a daughter and she is in a relationship. So that that is an enough palate cleanser. It's it's cute. We need that. We need positivity throughout this whole uh, crazy ass episode. We are then taken to a Gail King interview and we see as. Azriel Clary and Joycelyn Savage, who are still supporting R. Kelly, 
and saying that they are happy to be with him, that their parents are lying about the things they're saying on the news, that they are trapped and all this stuff, and that they completely support R. Kelly and they're happy where they're at. And they have like no interest in singing or even, I guess, re-communicating with their parents. And if you haven't seen the interview of R. Kelly with Gail King, I highly recommend that you go watch it because this man is a literal clown and R. Kelly has like this moment in time where he decides that he wants to act out and he's like screeching and he has this high ass pitched voice and he's talking about his career and how they ruined it and yada yada and he's garbage but you really need to go watch it because he puts on a show we then find that r kelly has been scheduled to stand trial in april of 2020 he was charged with 13 13 counts dealing with child pornography and obstruction of justice to which he has pleaded not guilty There were also 26 other state and federal counts dealing with criminal sexual abuse and sexual exploitation of a child, as well as racketeering. And the most recent update on this poor excuse for a human was that he was denied his third request, his third request to be released from jail because of the coronavirus. He is in custody at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Chicago. His trial has been scheduled for October, and then his Cooks County trial is set for September. And if convicted of all his charges, he's going to rot in jail for the rest of his life. And you know what? Good. Because I hope he suffers because he's garbage. The way he has been treating these women and the way that these girls have been saying that they've been living... Honestly, he has a good in jail because he was treating them way worse than them as if they were imprisoned. And I just don't have enough words of hate for this man in me. I he's garbage. That's all like he's literally garbage. That's all I can say about him. And I really hope that this jury and this judge really open their eyes and see what a monster this man is. And honestly, I just, I just can't. I just don't have words. And I can't believe that people have let this shit go on for like 30 years. And the thing that kind of infuriates me the most is he couldn't have done this by himself. When he was home, when he was in the studio, when he was in cars at shows, All these other people, his management, his team, his, you know, people around him who are always like in his home, everything. They saw the way these women were locked up, how they had to ask to go to the bathroom, how they had to ask if they could eat or they couldn't talk to any of them. And nobody decided to say a fucking thing like, no, he needs to go down. And the rest of you motherfuckers need to go down for fucking backing him up like sure he signs your paycheck but is that fucking worth all of this i'm so mad like my hair is literally on fire Ugh. anyway we finally made it and we're done with our kelly 
And I hope that the next time I update you guys, his ass is going to be in jail for the rest of his life. And, you know, maybe he'll get stabbed with a toothbrush or something. (laughs) Oh, man. Thank God we're done, you guys. I am so, like, relieved. But I don't think I'll ever be fully relieved until I see him in jail suffering for all the shit that he did to these poor girls because they can't ever get their life back you know like yeah they can rebuild it now from where they're at but they'll never be able to be 14 13 12 year old girls again you know and that's honestly the saddest part Whew, that was difficult but we did it If you are feeling like a pal, then you can join this podcast and either follow me on Instagram or follow me on Twitter at passionsorpeace at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show, then we are on Patreon at passionsorpeace podcast. Ooh, did you hear that? I had Pepsi, so you know, that was probably a burp. How do I not know if it was a burp or not? I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) Um, what's the... What's the second thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah, I always forget this, you guys. If you guys were feeling super nice and would like to rate this podcast on whatever thing that you listen to that allows you to rate this podcast, if you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. Leave me a review and, you know, your angel little baby set from above and I really appreciate it. So if you want to review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever, I'd really appreciate it. If you want to send me a request or a chat, I am on the Gmails at passionsorpeacepodcast at gmail.com. My personal snap is Cindy Maria 1116 You can find me on Instagram through the podcast Instagram. And lastly, I hope you are taking time for yourself. You're being productive and watching over the people you love. And remember, if you want something bad enough, you will find a way to make it happen. So go out there and get that shit done, girl. See you next time. Bye.